This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm coming at you solo. For this season, we are Sands Poly Cupcakes. If you're an OG, you will remember him. Um, he is taking a little break, uh, probably a permanent one. Who knows? Maybe he'll come crawling back uh, to take care of his family. So congrats to Polly on his new addition, uh, Finnegan. So it'll just be me. Uh, sorry about your luck. In fact, you're lucky to be listening to me at all. So as always, we'll be releasing Monday and Thursday episodes on the Hockey Podcast Network. And um, we hope you like it. On Monday, we'll be talking league news and a little bit of the week in review for the Washington Capitals. As you know, or probably know, uh, preseason has officially ended. And on the 12th, I believe, we have our first game at home against the Boston Bruins. But before we get into that, let's pop some tabs and talk about what happened in our off-season, our long off-season break uh, around the league. So let's pop some tabs and get right into it. One, two, three. First of all, big shout out. Thanks to all of you who are coming back and are back in uh, back with me here on the official Caps Chirp podcast. If you're an OG, love you, meet it. If you're new, glad to have you. And um, let's see if we can uh, make this shit show go. First order of business, unfortunately, some bad news. Canada did beat the USA in the women's worlds. That's pretty tough. Um, it was a battle till the end, but unfortunately, the women just couldn't get it done. It's a crazy rivalry. Um, I actually am looking at a lot of the other international teams that the women have, and you know, the parity is is starting to creep up. So, you know, I think the only other team that's ever won a gold is Sweden. So uh, I really do hope to see some some more competition and obviously, most of all, hope to see the USA women staying on top and beating Canada. Who who doesn't like that? All right, let's get into some league news here. I'm going to rapid fire a ton of stuff. There's a lot of, lot of movement in the offseason here in the NHL. A lot of teams are going to have a different complexion, you know, looking at you, Calgary, which we're going to open up with. So... Mackenzie Weger ended up signing with Calgary uh, along with Huberdeau um, after a trade sent Matt Kachuk to the Panthers in return for Weger, Huberdeau, and Cole Schwint, not sure who that guy is, plus a conditional first rounder. Uh, Calgary here retooling really hardcore. Uh, Kachuk was immediately signed in Florida for eight eight years, nine and a half million. Weger just signed for uh, 6.25, I believe that's eight years. And Huberto, eight years, 10 at 7 million. Uh, I think that it's safe to say that Calgary has definitely called their shot on this and they have their team um, at least for, I mean, I don't know how they're going to unload these contracts within the next at least few years. So interesting moves to see because, you know, Calgary has been a perennial postseason underperformer you know they thought they had it they thought that uh, you know the Kachuk guy was gonna was gonna take him to the next level and, and just didn't happen so interesting stuff there uh, to watch out for in the west uh, moving on over to the east something interesting for the New York Islanders who if you don't remember 
have released, you know, they let go of Barry Trotz, who's taking a year off to chill with his family. Um, they signed Matt Barzal for eight million or for eight years, 9.15 million. Um, I think that's a pretty good deal for them. He's really all they got. I'm not really sure what the Islanders are thinking there. Lou Lamarillo is off his rocker. I'm sure, you know, shout out to the Never Say Die podcast, uh, the New York Islanders podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know Grumpy Old Man and TJ have been railing for a coaching change, uh, GM change. Who knows what the Islanders are going to be this year in the Metro, but at least their future stud is somewhat solidified. Ex-Cap Sprong signed a year in Seattle for 750K. Good for him. Uh, you know, that's a guy that we had high hopes for. I think every team that's had Sprong has had high hopes for this guy. Just never could reach that consistency level and, you know, defense non-existent. So, you know, staying relevant in Seattle, at least for another year. Uh, we'll see what he can do. Colorado picks up Evan Rodriguez for one year at $2 million. That's a X-pin there. And then go, turns around and signs Nathan McKinnon for a monster eight-year, $12.6 million per year contract. That is, uh, that's almost McDavid money, folks. That's crazy. I mean, does he deserve it? He just won a cup. I mean, contract year. The dude had it all come together at the right time, so good for him. Um, I think Colorado is going to be a good team for many years to come, so definitely interesting to see there. Jordan Cairo in St. Louis, eight by eight point one two five million. I think that's a good signing by St. Louis. They need some young bloods in there, and Cairo has been a stud for them. Um, interesting, interesting to see. Uh, glad that guy could secure the bag. Another bag securing J.T. Miller in Vancouver, seven years, eight million. Um, you know, J.T. Miller has been a versatile stud throughout his entire career. So awesome to see him finally get that big one. And he looks, it looks like Vancouver is going to be his home for the next uh, seven years. Good for him. Uh, something that's kind of funny because it's Buffalo. Tage Thompson, seven by seven and a half, seven point one four million. This guy's got size, hands, finishing ability. He's going to be good for a, a long time. Um, but Come on, let's be honest, folks. We know Buffalo is going to fuck this up. So good for Tage. That's guaranteed money. Um, interesting that he went this route, but uh, I, you know, I guess like anybody, he was young. You dangle that much money in front of him, he jumped at it. Going to the Vegas Golden Knights, Phil Kessel <laughs> signs one year in Vegas. That guy we know is a degenerate gambler. Um, you know. No, you know, no offense to him or anything, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's living his best life. This guy is just continually getting paid by all the teams that he plays for. He, he play, you know, he, he can mail it in and, uh, still be a threat out there. So love to see it. And I mean, you know, I don't know the guy, so maybe he's not truly mailing it in, but, uh, uh freaking nature for sure. You got a body like that and you can play hockey like him. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, that's, you know, that's not the worst of it for the Knights. They dumped patches to clear space for literally nothing. Uh, he's going to Carolina. He's out six months with a torn Achilles. It's a really tough injury to come back from. Let's hope that he has a speedy recovery. Uh, and he's out of Vegas, so good for him. The Devils traded Zaka to the Bruins for Hala. That's a real hockey trade. Pretty rare in today's uh, economy. 
Uh, Zaka signs with the Bruins for one year at, at $3.5 million. Krejci also signed one year, $1 million with Boston. I mean, imagine the Boston Bruins without Krejci. It's it's hard it's hard to hard to do. Same with uh, Patrice Bergeron, another one year, two point five million here plus two point five in potential bonuses. I think uh, I think Bergie's got a little bit more tread on the tires. I think that that's a pretty team friendly one year, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he packs it in after this one. The Rangers did land Vinny Trocek. Uh, for seven years at $39.375 million. The Rangers, I think, are going to be scary this year. Shout out Jay Fresh. He's got some of the rankings up. Um, he says that they're probably a, a top four team in the Metro. Uh, but, you know, I think that they're they're young. They're going to be scary good. They're, they're going to be a contender as, as they were last year. Johnny Goudreau to Columbus at, a, I think, a discount, 9.75 for seven years in Columbus. Uh, Columbus also re-signed Line, uh, 8.7 for four years. You know, we've talked about this before on this podcast. Patrick Line is just one of those guys that continually gambles on his, his own ability. And it's good to see that he's getting, you know, four more years tacked on. He's usually like a one or two, three, one year contract guy. He's signed so many contracts um, up in Winnipeg and then ultimately now in Columbus. So uh, good luck to him. I don't know what Columbus is going to be this year, but that's definitely some uh, some uh, uh, stability for the entire team. And it's a huge boost to get Johnny Gaudreau. I did hear that Johnny Gaudreau has like a wife that is, uh, I, don't, I don't know, a nurse or something in children's hospital that Columbus has a big children's hospital there. So uh, good family move. Interesting stuff, and of course, you know, 9.75. While he probably could have got 10, 10 and a half, or Marchman ended up leaving Florida and going to the Stars four years at 18 million. As you, uh, if you remember, um, playoffs, he was definitely a thorn in the Washington Capitals side. So good to see him go west. Ottawa, uh, making several moves here, but one, the biggest one of note is they signed Claude Giroux. Six and a half million for three years. So they clearly think that Drew still has a lot of tread on his tires. He's getting out of Philly. So that's always a good thing for, you know, really anyone. Uh, Ottawa also uh, signed Stutzel for eight, uh, eight years, 8.35 million. So again, you know, a lot of teams are going long term, trying to get some cap cert- certainty out of this thing. Uh, kind of lock in players cheap. So they have some flexibility moving on into, uh, you know, subsequent years, probably for the next three to five, at least, you know, they're, they're looking at the five year plan here. Another team that was very busy in the off season was Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings, um, trying to get back, you know, to their winning ways. They signed Andrew Kopp, who was a free agency pickup at deadline for the New York Rangers, if I remember correctly. For five years at $28 million, I think Cop is one of the most under... I mean, he's a pretty underrated player. Uh, when he was in Winnipeg, he was like a third liner, but he was still netting like 70 points. The guy was f- fucking good for him. So interesting to see that. Uh, I think that he'll thrive in Detroit with old Verona there, ex-Cap. And uh, Perron, also to Detroit for two years, $9.5 million. Sherratt, four years, $19 million. Kubalik, two for two and a half. Wings making moves. Um you know, of course, 
they're not a destination is what they once were, you know, the Joe Lewis retirement center at one point is, is what I affectionately called it where guys would go to try to win a cup in the twilight of their career, you know, it worked for several of them too. You know, I'm thinking of like Dominic Hasek, uh was one of them just right off the top of my head. Well, their winning ways are kind of behind them. So Jack Campbell to Edmonton for five by five, uh, Cam Talbot, also to Ottawa, who we talked about earlier. Um, you know, Ottawa's the the buzz around hockey Twitter, and and I think that most uh, most hockey uh, writers are saying that Ottawa's probably going to be a lot better than people give them credit for right now. So interesting to see um, getting Cam Talbot, who had a really good year in Minnesota, um, in Ottawa. You know, that really just having that goalie that goaltending presence is, is huge, you know, building from the net out. We talk about on this podcast all the time, you got to do it. Um, so having that, having that presence in net is probably going to help Ottawa a lot along with some, you know, scoring ability with Giroux, you know, and, uh, and, and Stutzel being locked in. So it could definitely overperform Brent Burns and Pedersen to Carolina. Uh, one story that was really kind of a big deal back when, uh, back when free agency first opened was Kane and Malkin. Uh, you know, were they going to be resigned to their prospective teams? Kane ended up getting five million or uh, a five by four contract and Malkin, Malkin took a team friendly, friendly six by four. So, um, interesting stuff there. I think, uh, term was a big thing for Malkin. He probably wants to end his is something that you know, you don't really want to leave. Anaheim, a team you know, kind of where the where the the trajectory can only really be up, and uh, you know, see where where he can go from here. The Hawks got uh, Anthony Anaseo and Max Domi for three million, both for three million for one year. I mean, Chicago is such a dumpster fire; it's ridiculous, and they deserve it. The kicker of it all is they also signed Jack Johnson for nine nine hundred fifty k for one year. Jack Johnson, you know, glad he's staying relevant, but uh, you know, I guess uh, that's the that's the stats versus old school hockey uh, kind of argument boiled down into one player. You know, I think that the the old school guys uh, who like to do the eye test and the smell test think Jack Johnson's just a really good physical defenseman. Uh, but the underlying advanced stats say he's garbage. Um, I'm just glad that he got away from his shitty parents and he's starting to make money. So good for him. The Buffalo Sabres, who we talked about earlier, locked in Olofsson for two years at nine and a half. That's short term. Um, Olofsson better light it up basically for them, or he's probably going to be let off to free agency. That's a lot of money for somebody uh, short term like that. But that's the the benefit of it is that he's short term, and by the time the cap raises, maybe they have more opportunities. Uh, they also secured the net by re-signing um, <laughs> Craig Anderson, old Craig, and acquiring Eric Comrie. So interesting stuff. Some uh, darker news, unfortunately, with the NHL. Uh, Logan Logan uh, Malio Malio signed a entry level 3 year 9 925k uh contract with the Montreal Canadiens 
If you remember, he was rena- he renounced himself from the draft after he shared a- explicit pictures of him engaging um, sexually with a woman. Uh, it's you know without her permission. That's that's assault, man. I can't do that. Controversial to say the least. That Montreal has has done this. Um, you know, and of course in French Canada and Canada at large, it was a much maligned move, but. Uh, uh, I think by the fan base and the NHL at large, it's it's interesting to see that that Montreal has done this, and especially for three years. Um, you know that's guaranteed money for this kid. Now, you know, say what you will about the culture or whatever it may be, but uh, you know, I don't love it. Let's just say that not a very good look for sure. Another one, um, you know, which actually just hit Twitter. Today, I'm recording on Sunday. This will be out on Monday. Ian Cole in hot water for both cheating on his fiance in Carolina. Um, and then uh, this Twitter post who has put out an on- anonymously accused him of grooming minors for sexual assault. Um, you know, of course, I'm sure there's going to be an investigation or something that will hopefully come to the bottom of it and see if, you know, he truly is guilty of this or not. But, uh, you know, We've talked about this, about Ian Cole specifically on this podcast for years now. Uh, even back when he was in Pittsburgh, going to Pittsburgh, like, you know, Ian Cole seems to be a better defenseman on the ice than whatever he gets paid. And, and he's constantly hopping teams. You know, it just seems like these teams, you know, and now I don't want to accuse anybody of anything, but do these teams like have a bad vibe on this guy and then they sign him short term and then the creepy shit starts and then they offload him? Hey, I don't know. Uh, I'm just, uh, just kind of putting that out there, but, uh, you know, this could be a complete coincidence, but you know, if, if this is, if he is guilty of this, of being a scumbag like that, um, and obviously he is a scumbag for cheating on his fiance, uh, with a Carolina reporter, but, you know, it just makes a lot of sense now, right? Why Ian Cole is kind of jumping around from team to team. And it's just like, why is this guy not here long-term? Why does he not at least get, you know, four or 5 million a year, you know, like for an eight year, seven, six, whatever it may be. No, it's always like one or two years, three years. And then the teams just don't like him or for whatever reason. And he gets shipped, uh, Super interesting to, to see, um, obviously terrible story if true. Uh, and you know, we'll be following it here and, uh, definitely let, keep you up on this stuff. Uh, injuries, man, Robin Leonard out for the season after hip surgery. Brutal, brutal. Uh, this guy, you know, was, he's thought, you know, was turning his career around, starting to like, you know, catch fire again. And after some injuries and after taking some time off for mental health issues and then, you know, just, uh, has this and that's, that's tough, uh, to be out for a full season as a goaltender is, is brutal. Um, no one, you know, it's a huge wild card as to what they're going to be like when they come back. So wish him the best of luck, speedy recovery, and, uh, hope that we can, we can see him on the ice again, because I know he was an inspiration to a lot of people. Now, Something else that I could inspire you to do is 
Download DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. So, you know, bet on the caps, bet against the pins. That's always a good thing. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Whew. Man, you know, the number one thing that I miss about having Polly around is not him uh, exactly, but when he would talk, I was able to drink my beer. Now I got to take like breathers. I feel like I'm just talking a mile a minute. Honestly, this is the longest break that the Caps Trip podcast has taken. And it's been um, it's been nice to, to have some time off after like three solid years doing it for THPN. And then, um, you know, without any real breaks. Uh, but I, I straight up forgot like how to do this shit, uh, <laughs> to be completely honest. So bear with me if there's any technical difficulties. It's probably my fault. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the Washington Capitals in this Monday's Washington Wraparound. (sighs) Okay, first official game, Wednesday, October 12th at 7 p.m. versus Boston at home, followed immediately a back-to-back to open the season with an away game on October 13th in Toronto. You know, I'll tell you what. If anybody ever accuses the NHL of favoring the Washington Capitals, you can point them right to this as a season opener. I know the boys are going to be ready, though, so I'm I'm really excited to see them, you know, kick some ass both at home and then just just clean it up, clean up the rest of the Atlantic in in Toronto. Um, interesting to see what Toronto is going to be like this year. So uh, <laughs> I would love to just see them in a disarray or, you know, early on in the season, people are knocking the rust off. Would love to just see like a shutout in Toronto. So if you heard it here, you heard it here first. Shutout in Toronto, probably a close game at home versus Boston. You always know what you're going to get with the Bruins, a good, strong defensive team game. And, uh, you know, some physical physicality along as well. So uh, interesting stuff. Can't wait to get back into, into hockey. Couple big injuries that happened in the playoffs and at the end of the last year, and then in the off season, as you know, unless you've been living under a rock for the past six months, Nick Backstrom is out with a hip resurfacing procedure. Um, this is an injury, unfortunately, or in a procedure that uh, most pro athletes do not come back from. This is a life-altering procedure. I really fret to think about what the Washington Capitals would be like without Nick Backstrom just being there um, with his with his blonde hair and his amazing passing ability. You know, um, I would hate to see it. But at the same time, uh, reports from him have said that like his he's in 
no pain, uh, doing like the things that used to pain him greatly, like tying his own shoes and tying his skates and like getting around. I can't believe that this guy endured so much for so many years. I mean, this is a year, several year long nagging injury that has only gotten worse and been exasperated by playing professional sports. But, you know, this is a guy that really, you know, while he had some time off, he was a, since 2018, you know, and even before, basically in the lineup all the time. So hope uh, he's going to be back soon. Um, I would think it's going to be at least months, though. You know, I think the timeline is months, not weeks or days for him. Tom Wilson had ACL surgery over the over the offseason. This was an injury he sustained in the playoffs last year. Um, brutal. Uh, you know, Tom Wilson is, is getting up there in age now. It's crazy to think that he's been in the league for like 10 years. It's wild. Um, but he's, you know, he plays that physical game. He's he's torn an ACL. That's it's a big injury. That's definitely something that a player can rebound from, though. So that's positive news. And of course, you know, he creates space just as good as anyone else in the entire hockey league, if not better. So I'm really looking forward to him, but that's another timeline that's likely months, not weeks or days on his return. Uh, Something a little frightening in the preseason. There was Orlov and Oshie were both out uh, for some games during the preseason and, you know, just for an abundance of caution, I believe they sat out some practices but it looks like they're going to be here for the home opener, uh, the first game on the 12th. Who knows um, what they'll be like, but, you know, two huge parts of, of the team. You know, I think it, a lot of people think that Oshie's becoming a bit of a glass cannon. Uh, when he's in the lineup, he's incredible. But when he's and when he's out of the lineup, I mean, the team definitely suffers. But every time, you know, he's on the ice, it just seems like injuries are piling up. He's definitely on the wrong side of 30. Uh, so, you know, I'd hate to see his career cut short by a by injuries and whatnot. But, um, you know, hope that he's out here stronger than ever for the first game of the season and, and can put, you know, a strong 70-game campaign together. 70-game plus, right? Hopefully the whole season. Orlov, uh, one of the, I think one of the most underrated defensemen on our team and at the in the NHL at large. He's such a stud. I love to see him. He's physical. He's puck moving. He can dangle. He's got the shot. I mean, all of it. He's he's really what you want in a middle pair. He would probably be a top pairing defenseman anywhere else in the league. But of course, we have we have John Carlson kind of anchoring that top pair. So, you know, interesting stuff to see. Uh, I'm not sure exactly, you know, what what the I think it was a lower body. So hopefully it was just a tweak and that's that's what the report's saying that he can uh he can come back. But let's take a step back, talk real quick about the Capitals draft. And the twentieth pick the Capitals drafted uh Ivan man Mirish Mirish Mirishna Shinko Shinko man I'm sorry I butchered that uh He's obviously Russian. Um, he's a left wing, eighteen year old righty, six one, one eighty five. He was a huge risk uh, in the draft, which is why he dropped to twenty. He was projected to go like top three, top five. Um, he he fell due to being diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and was treated in Germany. This guy was 
you know, the church, when he was young, when he was, you know, 16, 17, he looked like he was going to be a stud. He was the captain of the U18 Russian international team. He's supposed to be a really good skater with an elite shot who's defensively responsible. You know, maybe something that we didn't see so much from Ovechkin when he first entered the league. But, you know, it didn't matter because he was putting in 50 to 60 goals a year. Um, his vision and uh, uh, Ivan's vision and, and IQ are a bit questionable, though. Uh, that should come with time and, and maturity. But even with that, before the diagnose, diagnosis, he was projected to go uh, top five. So, you know... Definitely Hendrix Lapierre comeback story vibes. Look for him to light it up in Hershey. You know, if him and Lapierre uh, can get into Hershey, I don't know what Lapierre is doing, if he's going to continue with juniors or not. But um, if they can get to the AHL, maybe um, maybe the the uh, the Bears are looking at another Calder. That'd be awesome. So really interesting to see um, huge upside that he dropped so low at pick 20. Um, the Capitals right now are desperately seeking to find someone within the next five years that can replace Ovechkin. Of course, that'll never happen. You'll never be able to replace Alexander Ovechkin, but at least somebody that can fill in a scoring left wing position. Uh, so moving on, Ryan uh, Chesley, right-handed from a right-hand D from the, from the United States. He's 18, six foot, 201 pounds. He's the University of Minnesota commit. <clears throat> he can PK and PP. He's a good skater with speed, uh, but not a dime distributor, unfortunately. Not a not a really good passer in that sense, uh, or at least elite level. Um, solid body guy with hands and a shot. Could be a middle bottom pair D man. You know, I'd like to say that whenever we talk about draft picks, it's always a crapshoot. You know, only about like twenty percent of the guys that get picked in the first round get over 100 grams in the show. So that's just how how much the chips are stacked against you when it comes to the draft. And I mean, you know, we look at, you know, people like Jay Beagle who went undrafted and then are the only only player in the, in the history of the world to win championships at the ECHL, AHL, and NHL level. So obviously you can get lucky um, with the undrafted and the, the late picks, but uh it the, the the NHL draft it's just an incredibly hard league to break into and, and to sustain uh a presence there. So, you know, I, I look at take take these draft picks with a with a more than a grain of salt, if you will. Alexander uh Suzdalev, another left wing Russian born Swede. Um he's 18, 62, 177, hockey IQ and creativity or this guy's selling points, good hands, playmaking ability too. Um the knocks are though, he can lack pace and effort, kinda like, you know, Verona and, and Berkey that that we've we've since shipped. At pick number eighty five, Ludwig Pearson, left wing, another left wing Swede. Um he's seventeen. He's six foot one seventy eight. Great junior player with finish and dangles, power play threat. The knock is he's got average foot speed and skating. Uh, all the, going all the way down to pick 149, Jake Carabella. He's a center. 18, 5, 10, 172. A bit undersized. A bit undersized for a center, center with below average skating ability, but offensive creativity, grit, and hands. You know, when you're that size to make it to this level, to to an NHL draft, you got to be a little bit of a gritty, gritty player. So, 
interesting to see. Maybe he's a third liner, maybe he's a fourth liner. Ryan Hoffer, right wing at 181, uh, pick 181. He's a 20-year-old, 6'3", uh, 181 pounds. He's a re-entry prospect with size and skill, but questionable as a full-time NHL talent. And then finally, at pick 213, David uh, Gusiardi, or Gusiardi, left-handy, 20-year-old, 6'1", 185. Decent offensive ability, but a liability um, kind of on the defensive side, which is rough when you're a left-handed defenseman. So who knows what's going to be the uh, be his his upside. But, uh, you know, again, that's you get into the hundreds of the picks, and, and there's quite, uh, you know, quite a large question mark as to what your future is. You know, maybe it's ECHL, maybe it's the A. <clears throat> Let's get into a little bit of what the Washington Capitals did, or all of what the Washington Capitals did, I should say, in the offseason as far as signings and free agency. Um, so the Caps ended up trading both goal or let it parting ways, I should say, with both goalies. The Caps traded Vanacek and a number 46 pick to the Devils in exchange for 37.70 this year. That makes me sad. You know, Vitek Vanacek was this where we were both hosts of this podcast um, last year were like fully behind Vanacek. Uh, I think it's a tale as old as times for the Washington Capitol. Um, you have to steal the net if you're going to be a starter in D.C., it rarely works out that the golden boy uh, goalie is, you know, a long-term solution for the Washington Capitals. And literally this year it, it was proven Vanacek stole the net for large chunks of time during the Vanacek Samsonov tandem. Uh, but, you know, he got injured for first game of the playoffs uh, two years ago. And, you know, it's been shaky ever since. Unfortunately, you know, there's times where his game looked really good and then he had the net securely, but then he'd go through, you know, a 10 game bed shitting and Samsonov would would take favor. Um, Samsonov, on the other hand, was not given a qualifying offer at all. They just let him walk. That is a 22nd overall first rounder gone just for nothing. We got nothing out of it. He got to walk for free. And he ended up signing with Toronto. So I believe Toronto's got like Matt Murray and Samsonov to as a goalie tandem. I think that Samsonov is an upgrade for Toronto, but just barely. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does if he can figure it out finally uh, <laughs> up north of the border. So, you know, the goalie, the young, the, the young goalie tandem experiment was basically a failure. The Washington Capitals have, you know, seen that and, and cut ties. So to replace the goalies that the Caps lost, they signed top prize Kemper for five years at 5.25 and Charlie Lindgren for three years at 1.1 mil. I think that this is a pretty shrewd move for uh, Brian McClellan. Obviously, you're going to pay out the ass for a Stanley Cup winning, just a newly Stanley Cup winning top UFA goaltender and he did it for 5.25. He gave him term though, but that's okay. Again, we're talking about cap res or cap stability here um, throughout the next five years. 
the Washington Capitals do not pay their goalie tandems more than eight, eight, six to eight million. Uh, so, you know, we're right there on the high end of really what they'd like to be paying. Uh, with Braden Holpe and Grubauer, we won the cup. You know, that was the, the numbers kind of worked out the same. And they let, you know, Holpe and, and Grubauer both go because they were becoming too expensive. <clears throat> you know, in hindsight, I think they probably should just paid Holtz like, you know, for a couple more years, but didn't happen. Lindgren is an interesting 28 year old who, uh, you know, killed his limited playing time last year. The Caps uh, scout goalies well. So I think that uh, this guy, he's younger, a little bit younger. He may uh, may keep Darcy on his toes. Actually, I take that back. I think they're about the same age. So, you know, a couple peers going at it. Love that healthy competition. Um, you know, I'm really hoping that this tandem is just, you know, we really don't even need the the goalies to be making wild saves and like bailing the caps out per se. I think the right now the Washington Capitals are pretty strong on the blue line. Um, you know, obviously they're going to be a highly talented, high explosive and, and very, uh, very skilled front end. But, you know, I think that in the shadow of their offense, the defense sometimes gets overlooked I thought last year it wasn't so much that the overall numbers for Vanacek and Samsonov sucked. It was more that they just, you know, especially Samsonov just let in those like leaky goals. And once that happened, it was just a d- deflating for the bench. So would love to see just a little bit more consistency, honestly. And that came at the tune of, you know, $6.4 million a year. And if that's the case, I'll take it. Especially, again, as I referenced, the cap hopefully going up after this year, which it should. I mean, come on. COVID didn't kill it that much, right? You know, greedy ass owners. Anyways, <clears throat> another another uh, pretty big pickup. Dylan Strom signed by the Caps for one year and $3.5 million. He's a young guy. A lot of promise. This is basically, I feel like, an extended PTO for this guy as just for his career, as his career goes but also to play with, you know, some high-powered uh, offensive talent that the Washington Capitals have. So uh, he's scored in the preseason, I think, one, a couple times. Uh, he's been contributing on the offense in the preseason so far. So we'd love to see what he can do when, you know, when it comes down to the early, mid, and, and final stage of the season. I'm, I'm really looking forward to him and seeing what he can contribute. Um, I... I think that this is really kind of a pivotal year in his career. He's young. He's got one year to prove himself. And, you know, if he kills it, the Washington Capitals are going to be forced to extend him. Uh, and obviously, if he kills it, that's what we want. Henrik Borgstrom, a uh, young guy, signed for the league man on a two-way contract, adding depth to the team. Uh, it's a rare fin on the Capitals team. Uh, I do believe he ended up getting sent down, but hey, you know, it happens. Uh, Two-way contract, league men, take it. Schultz ends up walking to Seattle for two years, $3 million total. I lost money on that guy. Um, He would have earned me something if he had stayed healthy, but unfortunately, that was not the case. So, you know, I'm not saying that he's responsible, but... I just have a bad taste in my mouth. That's all. And it's completely my fault. 100%. Uh, Connor Brown, an interesting pickup. He was 
traded for uh by the by the senators i believe for a uh 24th second rounder i think this is a sneaky good move again we're looking for depth here right i mean it sucks so bad to be a forward in the washington capitals system it really does these guys have no opportunity except on the third and fourth line our fourth line's pretty solid, so there's maybe one spot every couple years where there's going to be turnover on the fourth line. And then you're relied to be uh, both – so if you do make it into the lineup, you're probably slotted in on the third line. Limited shifts on the top two lines. But your mainstay, third liner, and I think that the third line is the hardest place to play in the NHL. You have to be your, – your whole line has to be uh, net positive in goals – they need to contribute on the score sheet, uh, all of them, and they can never get scored on. You know, uh, they're looked at as, you know, a mismatch line, trying to do something here. You know, if your strong third line gives you a lot of options as a coach. So it's interesting to see that that we picked this guy up. Um, he had an incredible assist last preseason game for the OT winner. Um, I, I like it. I like it a lot. So... It's going to be interesting to see. In the preseason, they had him slotted up in Tom Wilson's spot, so maybe he's good at, at creating space. But this is a guy that you know um, is like a 40, 40 point guy on average, I think, from for for his career uh, when he's playing eighty two games. Another younger guy looking for him to really uh, add a lot of depth to the forward core. Eric Gustafson signed for one year, eight hundred k per year. Bargain D-man. Caps ended up re-signing uh, Marcus Johansson for another year at 1.1. <laughs> a lot of, I think, Caps fans were scratching their head at that one. I still think that it's a Brian McClellan axe to grind. Brian McClellan took the team over and immediately had to had to ship Marcus Johansson for basically a half-eaten ham sandwich, and he never wanted to do it. He never thought that Marcus Johansson needed to leave the team, but due to cap being stra- uh, stra- strapped for money and cap space, they had to offload uh, jo- uh, Marcus Johansson. So he's back with the team from New Jersey. He played in three other teams in between the caps. And uh, I just, uh, I think that, you know, McClellan sees a lot in him and we'll just keep it at that. Who knows? I thought he was a contributor. He's not a terrible player. Um, you know, good two-way guy. It's just one year, one million, folks. Let's not lose our fucking shit over that. Uh, Matt Irwin extended one year league minimum. Uh, Phoenix Copley ended up walking for a one-year deal in L.A. at the NHL level. I think that's a huge win for Phoenix Copley. I never really thought he was a NHL talent. He was with the Caps, with Hershey, they shipped him to St. Louis. He came back to the Caps through some more deals and, um, you know, off and on NHL time, nothing serious. Uh, but he's finally getting like a, it sounds like a, a, a shot at a full year in the NHL. So good for him. Uh, side note here, two-time cup winner Andre Burakovsky finally got a long-term deal with Seattle. Congrats to him. Uh, it's a guy that's really, you know, he just didn't work out with the Washington Capitals, and that's that happens. That happens. That's hockey. It happens. Would love to have seen him thrive. He was a huge part of the Stanley Cup winning team, though. So, you know, good for him. He's he got another cup, and you know, 
lo and behold, he's a two-time cup winner now and locked in to Seattle for term. So good for him. Siegenthaler, uh, another ex-cap, he ended up signing an extension with New Jersey. Uh, five years, $3.4 million. That is a good deal for a jersey. Jonas Siegenthaler is a good defenseman. He's like a top, one of the top guys on that team. Um, he's really carved out a good home there. And, uh, you know, good for him. That's great news. Uh, I think that he... I think that he took a bit of a discount, but that's term five years, man. It's fifteen million dollars plus. You gotta, you gotta love it. Uh, Protoss, McMichael, and Snively are still in the mix to make the team. McMichael's probably a lock, even if he is a healthy scratch for you know fifty percent of the time. He's probably going to be making the team. Um, but it's great to see like Snively and Protoss finally getting a shot. Um, again, just sucks to play on the Caps when when our team is this stacked. <clears throat> and finally, some really good news. Nick Baxter ended up marrying uh, Liza Berg in Sweden. Ovi, interestingly enough, couldn't make it, but he did go to Orlov's birthday, which seems weird to me. But, you know, whatever. I guess that's the life of a high-profile athlete. So, you know, congrats to Nick Backstrom. Hope the hip heals up well. And, um, you know, I can't wait to get this season going. So, Caps fans... I think I talked kind of fast. Usually our episodes are like an hour, but uh, we're looking at 45-ish minutes now. So hope you liked it. Again, if you're an OG, you're returning. Love you, mean it. Thank you for, for returning and, and coming back. And for if you're new, again, that was an example of a Monday episode. We'll give you some league news and a weekend review. Obviously, there wasn't much to review. I really don't get into preseason a lot. I don't think I, I did not watch a single game, maybe a couple highlights, because you do get to see, you know, guys who may not ever crack the NHL lineup. Um, so, you know, we'll talk more about this, the preseason at large, on Thursday when I have Dan Holmey on from Locked On Caps. Uh, another podcast on the Locked On Network <clears throat> on Thursday. But until then, it's Hockey Troll signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.